Hello, welcome to Processed. Um, my guest today is Andy Gonzalez of Marshmallow Coast and of Montreal. He also used to play in the music tapes. Um, he's a big collaborator with the Elephant Six Collective. And just generally a really sweet dude. Um, you can find him at Marshmallow Coast, M-A-R-S-H-M-A-L-L-O-W Coast on Instagram. Um, and you can find the music of Marshmallow Coast on Spotify. And uh, here's the podcast. Hey, Andy, uh, welcome to Process. Thank you for coming on, man. Thank you very much for talking to me. Of course. Um, so, what is your background? How did you start making music, and uh, what was it like like growing up? Okay. Um, so, let's see. I have a very almost well-rehearsed musical origin story. Um, well, there's always a guitar in our house, but it's kind of awful. It was under our parents' bed, and uh, nobody played it. What's the point of having it, right? Um, but in sixth or seventh grade, I think seventh grade, there was a new kid that came to class from New Mexico. His name was Mario Martinez, and... Uh, he knew how to play guitar. He knew like three or four chords. And he brought his guitar to school one day. Maybe it was like a show and tell kind of thing. And he was just like off the cuff making up songs about the other students. <laughs> and like getting like huge laughs. And I was like, Some, I need to fucking learn how to play guitar to be like Mario Martinez. Like, he really <laughs> inspired me. And, uh, so I remember, like, shortly thereafter, my birthday was coming up, and my mom got me an acoustic guitar and $25 in quarters taped to a paper plate. <laughs> like, and, and anybody, like, over, I don't know, 35 will understand that, like, that was to go to the arcade and play video games, basically. Like, oh wow, okay, yeah, I didn't understand yeah. that at all. Exactly. <laughs> I, I need to clarify that. It's like it's a very uh you know, age defining thing. Yeah, that's um, so sweet though. Just gone now. Um so yeah, I never took a lesson. So I self taught and I uh here's another like thing that I've talked with a lot of songwriters about, I kind of learned how to write songs from the Beatles songbook. <laughs> like Me too, um, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can kind of tell when people are that way, like, <laughs> just because I did it too. And a lot of people have done that. Um, and then in uh, maybe 10th or 11th grade, I 
joined the jazz band in high school. Yeah, probably 10th grade. And, like, they're like, these are the songs we're going to do. Like, here's a book. Like, learn these chords. Like, mm-hmm. here's a chord. So that was kind of like my education period was like trying to learn all these jazz songs. Very um, cool. Yeah. And then just like playing a lot of guitar. Um, yeah, I would just like the best advice for guitar that I ever got was play it until your fingers feel like they're going to bleed or yeah. until they do bleed, you know. The best I, advice I got was, if it bleeds, you can kill it. No, I'm just kidding. That is a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. Um, um, yeah, I think they're they're remaking it or something. Uh, because nothing's sacred anymore. Like once they like remade Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, it's like nothing sacred. That's very uh, true. Yeah, like, gonna remake Star Wars or whatever. Um, Anyway, sorry. I think Peter Jackson's King Kong was actually really good. Oh, I don't think I saw that. Um, It's worth a watch. Yeah, I like Jack Black, and I know he was in it. Um, uh, So, yeah. Um, So, just play guitar, and then started a band with friends from high school. I used to live in Denver, like in the city of Denver. And then my parents got divorced and we moved out to the suburbs and kind of like made all new friends and like started this band with some friends. And our very first band was maybe called The Gray Parade, like, <laughs> which is a ridiculous name. And, uh, well, I mean, The Black Parade fucking nailed it uh, with popularity. Uh, with it then um and no actually our very first band was called going pale <laughs> and oh. i know that's horrible it's kind of cool now but like like 10 years ago it was horrible um but uh and we had this like weekly gig at this cafe it's called cafe euphrates and we would play there like once a week and like i moved out of my parents house i think the summer of 10th grade going into 11th grade and um and I was like I knew I wanted to play music like that was like what I wanted to do and we had this kind of gig that like paid some money and then we like like had to like get our own PA and like we played like a bazillion cover songs because we had to play like for three hours and like and then we'd work on some original songs too um and so this was in Denver, and then that's where Robert Schneider's from, like, of the Oh, apples. yes. Yeah, I'm really familiar with him. I did a drawing of him one time. Yeah. Okay. So that's how we met, like, because he was playing shows, too, and, like, he had the apples. Like, he's older than me. I think he's, like, five years older, maybe. We have the same birthday, actually. And um, it was amazing. Like, he had his shit together, like, Robert knew exactly what he wanted to do. He knew how to record, like, he had a four-track, like, he, like, was praising, you know, the Beach Boys, like, Pet Sounds, and, like, Smile, and, like, even, you know, at that young age, like, he totally had his vision, like, had it worked out. Yeah. But, like, I was, you know, very impressionable and, like, still trying to, like, figure out 
what I was doing or whatever. So he actually recorded some early stuff. And then uh, I was living in this farmhouse with a bunch of friends. And then some friends of mine were working at this like independent movie theater. And basically everybody like from Reston, Louisiana was like staying in Denver. Like uh, Jeff was out there recording like his album and like Julian was there and like, and Bill and Will were there and they were worked at this movie theater. And, and then one night, like we're like at our house and like Bill and Will were there. And like my friend Joel had met them cause he was working at the same movie theater. And like all my friends were like these kind of like alcoholic intellectual weirdos. <laughs> and then this like nude night, like everybody was like sitting around the living room nude, not me. <laughs> like I was like really shy. Like I didn't but uh they were just like weird weird young men like it's the best way i can describe it and so i think like the first time like bill and will came over like everybody was like wasted out of their minds and like naked just sitting around like in the living room (laughs) that's so beautiful that's i i i could never have imagined that that moment would consist of that (laughs) well and it was interesting when bill and will like saw our my crew of the crew like they were like okay denver's like kind of cool like they were hoping to go to denver and like have it be cool out there um because they had already been to athens and like they're already like definitely pretty hip super hip guys who also like had a vision like will hart i live with him now um and uh his earliest earliest music like he knew exactly who he was. Like, I love people like that because I'm not like that. It took me a long, like, I only feel like I just now, like, learned how to write a decent song. And, like, really? but, like, like, Will, like, his earliest, like, material sounds amazing. It's crazy. Like, you know, like, Kate Bush? Like, are you a big Kate Bush fan? No, I've actually never heard Kate Bush. Oh, man, Kate Bush is, is the shit. Like, um, her album. I'll write it down. Uh, she's just another artist who like knew exactly what she was like she already had her vision like from a young age um, some artists are like that I, and I am not but like anyway so yeah just I can see that these like people were like really special and like really cool and uh, and just I don't know They're, they were like very like nice to me and like um and then when everybody moved back out to Athens, I had stayed behind. I moved to Seattle for a year, and then I came back to Denver. And around that time, the Neutral Milk people were recording the second album, and Julian was staying with me. And uh, I recorded the first Marshmallow Coast album on his like eight track because he had it set up in my bedroom, and he was like working on the first music tapes record wow. and I was like machine yeah and uh, and then he was like I want to put music tapes together and like I want you to be in it and like do you want to just move out to Athens and so like I moved to Athens and uh, I've been here ever since that was 1998 like so wow it's, yeah. it seems like such a beautiful place 
Yeah, it was cool, especially in the late 90s. It was crazy. I was a super shy kid in Athens, Georgia in 1998. Like, there's this club here called the 40 Watt. It has, like, about a 600 to 800 person capacity. And, like, I went from being, like, the shy kid to being, like, the coolest scene in Athens. Like, you know, Neutral Milk and Olivia and music tapes. Like, we played the 40 Watt. It was sold out. Like Yeah, Olivia Trimmer Control, yeah. Yeah, it was, like, a pretty, I definitely lucked out. And, like, because, like, that was, like, my crew, like, um, the first record I did, like, Kindercore Records and then a Bar None in New York, like, both wanted to put it out. And uh, I went with Kindercore because they were local. And, um, yeah, so I owe a lot to those guys. Um, yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> And that was that, and then like started touring with music tapes, and in the very first tour, it was me, Julian, Robbie Cucciaro, and Jeremy Barnes, and like we had a VCR. Uh, we all right, that's kind of behind the scenes. We had a, a television static who like sang a couple of the songs. Like we we're like this highly technical, very weird group. Like our drum set was like a suitcase with a contact mic on it and we were jumping these like wooden pallets with like chicken fence wiring on them with like contact mics and like i was like bowing a banjo and like probably like trying to play the melodica at the same time like like, that sounds wonderful ridiculously awesome and uh yeah um yeah and i had worked on this one song and then we're like on tour and julian was like andy like that one song that you recorded like is on my four track and he had a copy of it he's like i wrote like like i have this melody in my head and these words and they go perfectly to your melody he's like can i just use your song like so we redid it and that's on the first music tapes album it's uh, that song clapping hands i don't know oh cool but uh yeah so I helped him record that, but I mean, I mean, I did, you know, got to play on that. Here's an interesting thing. Like, remember how I told you, like, my second band was called The Gray Parade? Yeah. Like, so back in Athens, like, Julian was friends with Kevin Barnes, and, uh, and Julian was like, oh, I've been in Denver, and I met this, like, awesome kid, Andy. He's, like, really awesome. You guys would get along. He knows, like, jazz chords, like... And, you know, Kevin's compositions have, like, a b- billion chords in them. They do. That's a defining factor for sure. And uh, um, it's like, you guys would totally hit it off and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he's got this band called The Gray Parade. And, like, Kevin misheard that as The Gay Parade. Like, Oh, no and that's way. Why he named his album The Gay Parade, he told me, which, like, was kind of cool. That's and, so cool. Uh, so when I did move out to Athens, like I met Kevin, like he was just like a very high energy kid, like, and he's like, we're going to do great things. Like he was like, <laughs> he's like, come with me, kid. We're going to like, <laughs> we're going to do blah, blah, blah. It's going to be Barnes and Gonzalez and blah, blah, blah. Like he was like, kind of like, um, you know, a carnival like Barker or something like it was really exciting and then so here's the story of like how i jumped joined up montreal like so uh, neutral milk hotel 
music tapes and of Montreal we're all going down to Florida to do this like music festival and like I had been in the music tapes van and we got in this car accident and I was like really like gun shy about riding in the van because there like weren't any seats or seat belts in the back you just kind of like sat on the floor and like all of our gear was like <laughs> and if Julian ever listens to this just I want him to know that like it's all good and fine and like you know I love those adventures and I love him and like he knows that but anyway I'm not like dissing anything about it all like no, it didn't sound you know, that way we made it we made it work and uh but we did get in a scary accident in Montana once but, and it like it freaked me out and we called that van the fat man it was like this big red old van and uh so we're going down to Florida to do this music festival. And Kevin, like, is from Florida. And, like, his parents are very supportive and helpful. And they had, like, given him their, like, brand-new, like, van. Like, so he had this, like, really blingy van. And um, he had stopped by the house or something. And he's like, we're going to cover a Marshmallow Coast song in our set. And, like, you should get on stage and join us. And I was like, okay. And he's like, and there's room in our van if you want to come too. And I was like, all right. So I was like, Julian, like, I hope you don't get mad, but I'm going to ride in the Up Montreal van. <laughs> and like, it really, like, I think it hurt Julian's feelings. Like, um, he's like, must be nice to ride in like the nice van. Like, <laughs> and, and then on the way down, like, they were like, and you should join Up Montreal now. I was like, okay. Like, so that's kind of like how that happened. And, um, uh, so, so, so kinda... did you write with of Montreal? Mm-hmm. Did you write, uh, with of Montreal? Like, did you help to make any records? Yeah. So yeah, Montreal, I mean, Kevin's put out a billion records. Like I played on stuff up to satanic panic in the attic. That's a great then, one. Yeah. So on those, you know, not the first couple records, like Cherry Peel and uh, Petite Tragedy were all Kevin, but I played on from like Gay Parade to um, Satanic Panic. And uh, yeah, and everybody kind of contributed a part back then. And like, it was so tricky to write stuff to Kevin's songs because there are so many chords, like there's just no room for jamming like any melodies you want to add like have to be so carefully like constructed you know it's like an interesting challenge um and like i've always like in my mind i was like i wish kevin there's like seven songs in this one song you know what i mean (laughs) like i'm into like the jam like i like like four chord just kind of like jam it out kind of songs and then like this real drifty melody over it like kevin has these like super strong super like intricate melodies and then like shapes all of my hands doing this as i talk like uh shapes like the chord composition like around this melody which is kind of like the cool old way to do it you know that's kind of like i don't know the classic jazz way to do it and um yeah so that was fun. Do you remember? Then, um, do you remember touring with of Montreal in two thousand three and having a broken leg? Yeah, that's actually when I left the band. Um, 
So I broke my foot before we went on this tour to Europe. And, like, I just remember, uh, like, prior to that, I wanted to go to nursing school. Like, around that time, like, Napster was going on. And you could see, like, the first Marshmallow Coast record, like, sold, like, pretty well and, like, actually got money and, like, small bands would get budgets and, like, and then you could just see, like, the second and third albums, like, CD sales weren't as much because, like, people were just burning stuff and, like, sharing it online. Like, and I could totally see the writing on the wall about that. I was like, I need to, like, do something that's going to, like, give me a job. Like, I hate losing my job every time we go on tour and uh it's just a struggle you know so it's like yeah. i'm gonna just do this thing for me and uh and then we were on tour in europe and i was like lagging behind we're like running to make a train or something and i was like motherfuckers like like you guys are like 200 feet of me about to get on this train and i'm like hobbling with crutches i was like fuck this like kind of in my mind not that like badly but i was just like it's time to like do this thing for me and uh i had hoped you know i would go to nursing school and then like once i was done to like pick up touring again uh but then Ryan Healy, like, um, notebook with all the or they have montreal songs and it's like so he took over a guitar and it's like why would he ever want to like stop doing that you know what i mean right yeah he's he's a great guitarist yeah i knew once i got out it was probably there wasn't going to be a spot again and that was fine um, mm-hmm. and there was some dynamic stuff going on like shortly after I left like Derek the bass player you know, he was when I was Dottie at the time and then they had troubles and he left the band and uh, so yeah he left like you know one year after I did or something um, yeah so that's that and uh, uh, and then since then uh, you know, I've always stayed in touch with Julian and like, it's been a few years now, but like most recently, you know, music tapes were like doing this like intense like, music show. Uh, did you see any of those shows? Like inside the circus tent? Oh no, um, I didn't. I, I, I know there was one in Houston that I wanted to go to, but I didn't make it. Um, that was really fun. That was like the last thing I kind of like got involved in. Well. And then, like, just a few years ago, like, I was in this band Mind Brains, and that was, like, Eric Harris, who played drums in Olivia Tremor Control. And uh, he put a band together and then and put out an album, and we, like, got open some Neutral Milk shows, and that was really awesome. And uh, then other than that, I just have been, like, working on music and, like, working in the... That's yeah. great. So, so what do you have next? Like, what's your next musical project that you're trying to create? Actually, I want to do a new project. And actually, I want to do it with my girlfriend, and we want to call it Rainbow Brain. And like, uh, and it's just gonna be like pop music, and then like weird music, basically, like. I really, I honestly, this might sound like very unappealing, <laughs> but um, I'm way into like radio hit music now. Like, really? Um, I really like that. It's like a challenge. Like, I've spent so long trying to do like this kind of signature thing, like 
everything's like record it yourself and use hardware and like have it be your sound and like you know have it be weird like maybe psychedelic like and now i'm like i just want to do stuff in the box like like in logic and um just make like cool beats and like songs like that and stuff um so that's kind of what that I'm does sound now. appealing to me that seems like a good format and like venue for your music yeah it's fun like so you know i did that last marshmallow coast record and i built this robot named xlr that plays piano so i kind of have this show that's kind of ready to go like xlr plays piano and then i sing and uh but um i'm actually back in school now so yeah i'm just uh I don't know if I sound like the lamest, like, self-promoting artist ever, but... No, no, not at all, man. I'm very, like... It was interesting. I've thought about this a lot. Like, uh, you know, it's when you're, like, in the music world. Like, I have friends like this. You know, like, Kevin, for example. It's, like, all he's known is, is, like, the system, the music business system. It's, like you record an album and you go on tour it's like um once i kind of like stepped outside of that and like and you realize like it's okay to be like more of a person than just being defined as like a musician or whatever like i don't know it's kind of nice because like being a musician is like such a roller coaster ride like there's so many ups and downs and it's like you wonder if the next thing's gonna like sell okay you wonder if like your next tour is gonna be okay and then like you go on the road and it's like you didn't sell many tickets and like but you had a guarantee so you like feel awkward like getting this money and like the club didn't make money like all that stuff i hate that stuff like i i hate the music business world i i mean i guess i don't hate it but it would be so nice if we didn't have to connect our creativity to like anything monetary or like that kind of a value system like it it really sort of so yeah, like I have like this part-time job that pays well, like, and I can just do what I want basically, and it's a really satisfying thing. Um, That's great, man. Yeah. So here's what I like. Like I like when people just share like, like one-minute videos like online. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> to me, like just as like valid and interesting. Like I don't, I don't know. I hope what I'm saying isn't like bubble bursting like or no, negative no, because to be like i feel like the whole like paradigm about it all has changed and for me like i don't know i just like people who create i like people who kind of live their lives quietly and aren't like all flamboyant and like i like people that just want to share stuff and it's like they don't have this pressure to like put out an album and like and it just kind of comes from like the heart or whatever yeah, um, so so where do you think that that kind of stuff does come from? Like, is it, like, for yourself, it, does art come from, like, a place of love? Or, like, like what do you think is the core of where art comes from for you? Something interesting, like, I was kind of talking to my therapist about. Because, like, when I went back to school, I really kind of, like, fell out of love with music for a minute. Like, the album, uh, oh, my God. Like, before um, Vangelis Rides Again, like, I did an album, and it's, like, it seemed like it just, like, existed, like, nowhere. Like, maybe, you know, like, 
I don't know, a dozen or more people like wrote me, like telling me that they really liked it. And like, um, but then like Vangelis Rides Again came out and like it, that one did pretty well. And like, it seemed to do really well. And like a lot of people have written me and telling me how much they love it and stuff. And, uh, so that kind of got me excited again to do the album Memory Girl. And then like, and then once I finished recording that, I was like, I need to take a break. Like, I want to focus on, like, going back to school. Because it's, int- like, when there's always something kind of, like, cool around the corner, it's like, I should stay available so that, like, I could maybe go out with music tapes again and, like, do a tour. Like, I don't want to be, in, like, stuck in school. Like, what if some cool opportunity comes along? Like, that thought process, like, will keep will hold an artist back from, like, doing something responsible or like to better their like financial situation like you just kind of stay stuck in this like what if something cool happens kind of mentality and uh yeah i think it's good to be in like a good middle place between those you know so this is stuff i was kind of talking to my therapist about and i was feeling like i didn't really have like the spiritual component to my life and he was like for like he was like i'm not religious like for me spirituality is like sitting in my backyard playing guitar and I was like that's it like that needs to be like I need to reconnect with music just as this thing like this like very personal thing to just enjoy like the sound of it from the instrument to my ears like like once I kind of made that realization like that it's always going to be a part of me and it's like don't don't put all this expectation on it you know just let it be music and you and like that's kind of where i'm at right now um i like to dream about things like um i like it when there are people who are like never give up like i'm gonna put out my album and it's gonna reach a million people and like wouldn't that be beautiful like i think oh that's beautiful too like i think it's beautiful but it's like missing the point of why you make art like you make art like you said like for that connection that you find with it well, yeah, but some people want to make something very pleasing and, like, they have something to say or they want to, like, make people tap their feet. I think making art for other people is valid, too. But, like, hmm. um, yeah, so I don't know. Um, you know, I feel like I have a healthy view about it and uh, enjoy doing it. I like writing songs. I haven't been writing as many songs. Like, it takes me forever now. But uh, I feel like they're better when I do finally write them. Um, so that's like <laughs> my whole like creative life, I guess. I don't know. That's um, great, man. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing so much. Um, huh? It's really like insight into stuff that, that I've sort of wondered about. I have to ask you about what Jeff Mangum is like because he's such oh. a mysterious figure. Um, I met him one time at a show and I asked him if he could play uh, mm-hmm. a certain song and he was like, no, I need a fuzz pedal for it. Sorry. But um, he's like, I, oh, go ahead. He's, he's pretty private. He can be shy, but he can also be like confident. And like, he's very funny. Like he's like always thinking about like ridiculous things. Um, he's just like a very nice, like chill person. Like, um, that's, yeah, that's him. Um, that's really cool, man. 
He seems that way. He did a tattoo for my friend uh, Darcy. She met him in a grocery store, and he sort of was shy and didn't want to talk to her. And then he like came up to her while she was putting her groceries in her car, and um, like had this drawing for her, and was like, "Hey, sorry." He seems yeah. super sweet. Yeah, um, it's interesting, you know, like, yeah, he, uh, you know, Nitro Milk Hotel, like, endures and, like, grows. Like, it's interesting when we were playing with them, like, I remember this one show, like, there's this kind of side balcony that we got to go out onto that kind of overlooked the crowd, and it's, like, all these, like, kids, like, like singing back out to him like with their arms like up like they were in church like singing his songs to him like having this like religious experience like you know that seems like a lot of weight to be on one's shoulders to know that like you're kind of like someone's like spiritual figure or something like people attach a lot of intense emotion to his music or whatever yeah and uh, um yeah so yeah I can't, you know, imagine what that would feel like or whatever. Well, I mean, I think you should be able to imagine it. Like, a lot of people do. There's, like, a, a cult following of, of Marshmallow Ghost. People really love it. I'm well, one yeah. of them. Well, cool. I guess uh, then, you know, it's just you're just, like, grateful. Like, it's nice. That's what you want is, like, your stuff to get out in the world or whatever. Yeah. So. Well, it, it is very much appreciated, man. It's You've made some really beautiful stuff. Thank you. I'm well, going to go cry. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool. Well, it's it's really been a pleasure talking to you. I don't want to take up all of your time, but um, yep. is there yeah. is there like places that people can find your your music and um, your your artwork? I've been, like, posting a lot of piano stuff on Marshmallow Coast Instagram. Like, like that's probably what I update the most. And then, like, Andy Gonzalez, like, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-S. Like, people misspell my last name a lot <laughs> on Facebook. Like, I think all of that stuff's public. Um, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, on Instagram and Facebook, mainly. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I like easy sharing, like, you know. Yeah, um, I've I've been putting these on SoundCloud, and that's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Makes it easy. Um, well, thank you very much. Well, yeah, thank you, Andy, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Okay, good. Cool. Yeah. All right. I appreciate well, your time. Yeah, me too. Thanks. Hey, bye.
thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, again, that was Andy Gonzalez of Marshmallow Coast and of Montreal. Um, do you want to check him out? He's on Instagram at Marshmallow Coast. On Spotify is Marshmallow Coast. I recommend that you listen to a song called Mystical Shit, which is amazing. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. You can find more of my stuff and more conversations like this on Instagram at Space Orca or on the Processed Instagram. Thank you. Love you.